0: Good morning, my name is Landon Carney and I'm a senior that goes to Capital City High School and I'm a member of the Refuge Youth Group here at FPC. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about perfection. So in my life I have found that throughout my life I have always tended to put a lot of pressure on myself to always be perfect, whether it's at school when I strive to get a high score on every test, get a high GPA and get scholarships so I can get into college, It happens outside of school when I spend way too long stressing about sending the perfect response to a text message or an email, or when I play sports and every mistake I make feels like I'm letting down my team, and it happens at church. When I feel like I need to know all the answers in Sunday school, say the perfect prayer, or even write the perfect sermon for Youth Sunday. But the truth is I fail to meet these kinds of standards all the time. Every day I mess up, I sin, and fall short of some of these impossibly high standards. And it stinks. It's confusing, frustrating, and sometimes it makes you feel like you're not good enough. So about a month ago, I took a pretty hard calculus quiz. I felt like I had done a pretty good job on the quiz, but when I got back the score, I got pretty angry because the teacher had taken off points on a question that I had gotten right. And that's really frustrating. I had felt like I had been cheated out of the perfection that I deserved. So I got kinda mad. I argued with the teacher a little bit. There was maybe some eye-rolling and (laughs) grumpiness, but so the teacher asked me to step out of the classroom and take a lap around the school, which is basically the high school equivalent of getting sent to timeout, so that was fun. But there was absolutely no reason for me to react this way because I'd still gotten a good score on the test. I'd gotten an A, but I was just so caught up in this toxic pursuit of perfection that I couldn't appreciate how good I did on the test. Now maybe some of you out there can relate to this pursuit of perfection and always trying to be the best, the best friend, the best teacher, parent, grandparent, whatever it is you do. And you know that it's tough to have to meet all these expectations all the time. But when life gets tough, it's always a good idea to turn to scripture. And the scripture that I have for today is Romans three twenty three through 26. And it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now, this passage can be hard to fully comprehend at first, because the very first thing it says is that we will all fail, we will all sin, we will all fall short of the glory of God, no matter what. And honestly, that can be pretty hard to accept, but thankfully that's not where the story ends it goes on to say that because God sent Jesus we don't have to be perfect because of Jesus we don't have to always say the perfect prayer we don't have to know all the answers and we don't have to write the perfect five-minute sermon for youth Sunday see even when it seems that all you do is make mistakes and the world tells you that you're not good enough God says that you are still worthy of his love, no matter what, and that is amazing. So how does this scripture help change my view on perfection? Well, for one, I'm still always gonna strive to be the best student, the best friend, the best Christian that I can be. God still wants each and every one of us to be the best people we can be. But this scripture does help change the way we can think about mistakes. See, instead of approaching them with sadness, confusion, and anger, it's better to approach these mistakes with faith in God, with patience and understanding, and with the intention of growing from these mistakes. Because at the end of the day, God says that we are all good enough, not because of our accomplishments or our successes in life. We are all good enough because of God and God alone. And if we believe in this truth, that we can understand that it's okay to not be perfect thank you
1: hello and good morning everybody my name is Malika Ntallam and I'm a senior at Capital City High School and I'm a part of the Refuge Youth Group today I'm going to be talking about a verse that has been very evident in my life that God is with me before we get started I just want to tell you a few things about myself first off I'm a twin my twin is my absolute best friend and he gets me like nobody else in this world. I love my family. My family means more than anything to me in this world. I would go to war for my best friends. They know how to make me laugh. (laughs) And my dogs have my whole heart. I mean, look at them, how could they not? (laughs) I also coach at the gym I grew up doing gymnastics at when I was younger, and it is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life. God has blessed me with, with the absolute best people, and for that I am forever grateful. Today my scripture is Isaiah 41, 1-3. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. The O Holy One of Israel, your Savior. How many of you guys have been through difficult and tough times? As people, we all have, even me. But even in my toughest times, God was always faithful and loving, and He was always with me. During my freshman year of high school, I went through some really hard times. I spent three weeks and two days in the hospital. This was due to passing out at a basketball game and losing mobility in my legs and loss of speech. My family thought I was having a stroke, but after all the spinal taps, MRIs and x-rays came back perfectly fine, they diagnosed me with something called functional neurological disorder. Functional neurological disorder is a neurological disorder where your brain doesn't send the signals to the rest of your body to tell it to do the simplest things like walk and talk. At this time in my life, you can imagine how terrified I was but God was working in my life, whether it was my grandpa coming and praying with me, or God showing me and blessing me with all the people I have in my life that love and care about me. Through all of this, God was with me. This was one of the scariest times of my life. Oh, this was one of the scariest things to ever happen to me. On my hardest days, I would ask for words of wisdom from my grandparents and my mom. I'd have them sit and pray with me, I was strong because God was with me. He was right next to me, giving me the people that I love. It was so hard, but God never let it consume me. And still does not let it consume me to this day. I'm still here on this earth, living and breathing. I'm not the same person I was three years ago, and God has shown me that. Shown me that and for that, I can thank God. Without going through what I went through, I would not have learned to be thankful for what my body could do for me. It still does for me today. God can be trying so hard to tell us to slow down and take it easy and enjoy the little things in life. And that's exactly what he showed me by going through that. I feel like we as people take so many things about this life for granted. Something as simple as bathing by yourself, being able to brush your teeth in the morning, getting dressed by yourself, being able to get up and put one foot in front of the other and take on each day. I hope whatever troubles that you are going through, I hope you know and find comfort in the fact that God loves you and he is so faithful. Through the rivers, I have not been overwhelmed because God is there and I can talk to him. He is faithful and loves endlessly and he is with me. And I hope you all know he is with every single one of you. As God says in Isaiah 43 1 through 3 do not fear for I have redeemed you I have called you by name you're mine when you pass through the waters I will be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not overwhelm you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you for I am the Lord your God O Holy One of Israel your Savior I encourage each and every one of you today That when you're feeling discouraged or lost or you just don't know what to do, to pray and trust that God is not done with you and he has a plan for your life. Remember, God doesn't give the hardest battles to the toughest soldiers. He creates the toughest soldiers out of life's hardest battles. Thank you all. May God bless you all and have a wonderful Sunday.
2: Good morning, everyone. My name is Blake Meredith and I am a senior at Capital City High School. Today I'm going to share how to trust God when you encounter a storm and my experience with that. There are many times in our lives when our faith will be tested. When times get tough, it's hard to keep faith when it feels like God has abandoned you, but this is far from the truth. Jesus' disciples experienced this firsthand. I want to look at a story in the fourth chapter of Mark when Jesus' disciples were being tested. One day when Jesus had finished a long day teaching the crowds, he told his disciples to get in a boat. The disciples had been doing exactly what they've been told to do in the will of God, and Jesus is there with them. But while they are on that boat with Jesus, there was a problem. Verse 37 of Mark four says, "A great a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already swamped. Even though the disciples were obeying God, and doing as they were told they ran into a storm one of the lessons I learned from this story is that even if you obey God and attempt to be as faithful as you could possibly be it will still rain and it will still storm you you will have trials and tribulations you can do exactly what God is telling you to do and still have difficult days those things are out of your control when the disciples came across the storm they panicked And while they were panicking Jesus was asleep now I wish I could sleep like Jesus it would it would save me a lot of uh, stressful mornings Um, and be easier to talk to me but Uh, the disciples are already in the same storm as Jesus but he doesn't care about some storm he's more worried about getting some rest so the disciples woke him up and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing In verse 39 to 41, he woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled up with great awe and said to each other, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. This story is a great reminder to me that never let circumstances outshine his word. Stuff happens in life. You may think God has forgotten you, but that is certainly not the case. As the Bible has shown, Jesus' disciples battled through tough times, even when he was with them. Nobody is exempt from difficult times, so why not put your faith in God? God knows how to get you from point A to point B, but you have to put your trust in him to get through those tough times. Last year, a very sudden death happened in my family. It devastated me and rocked my world. I blamed God at first. I thought he had abandoned me. But then I started to realize that none of this was his fault. I was going through a big storm. My boat was flooding. But once I started to put my faith into God to help me through such a difficult time, I started to feel peace in my life. And the seas calmed. It obviously didn't happen overnight, but it no longer felt like a marathon to me. When you come across a storm and your boat is filling up, lean on God. Once you put your faith into God to help you through a difficult time, you start to feel peace in your life, and the seas will calm. It will no longer feel like an impossible feat, because God is right there with you. There is nowhere in the Bible where it says, if you put your faith in God, you will never encounter hardships. But it does say in the Bible that if you put your faith in God, you will get through those hardships. To end this, I have a great Bible verse I can encourage you through a tough time. In Philippians 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley, and I'm a senior at Capital City High School. So I want to start today by telling you a little bit about myself. And I love to be active and try new things. And something I like to consider myself is a little bit of a thrill seeker. And... I've always wanted to skydive, and I may have an opportunity to do that in a few months. And a lot of people may hear the term skydive and think, now why in the world would you want to do that, including my parents? But (laughs) there's a thrill behind it that makes me extremely excited and eager. And sometimes taking that jump can be better than you ever dreamed. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the term leap of faith. And if you're not, it's described as the act of believing in or accepting something not on the basis of reason. This is truly just being able to have trust that is so strong, you're not worried at all about the outcome. And to me, this is just like skydiving, the idea that you're jumping out of a safe environment and putting yourself in a state of vulnerability. And I don't know about you, but I would rather take the chance of living a life paved by God than choosing to not live at all. Because the truth is, Failure may hurt, but regret hurts more. And having faith that is strong enough to give you courage to take that jump is the first step. Faith is the belief in something that is larger than you and that you cannot fail, but instead you learn. And most importantly, that you're being guided by love. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Your faith should be like roots dug deep in the ground so far that you're unshakable, that while you may bend under the pressures of life, you'll never break. And in life, you will have fear. It's inevitable. Standing in the plane, thinking that you'll never have the courage. But while fear is powerful, faith persists. A life lived in fear is a life not lived. The voice in your head saying, why try? Saying not to love, that you should put up walls. But faith builds bridges. It tells you why not it tells you that in fact love is the only thing that lasts and that no matter what no matter how many times you leap that you'll always land softly Jesus himself stated in Luke 17 verse 6 that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to this mulberry tree be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you see that shows just how powerful faith can be and it's only the beginning of a million other possibilities but I know that taking a leap isn't an easy task. So how do you start? First, you have to understand what you're jumping for. You must set intentions and listen to yourself and God so that you know why this step is important. Maybe you're praying for a job or a career change or just looking for a meaningful relationship. Either way, you have to set your sight on what is good for you and your faith. You also have to be vulnerable in this process to know that God knows you in a deeper way than you even know yourself. And it's an ultimate display of faith to be able to let go of your control and allow God to direct your life. And maybe you struggle with that, feeling like everything's out of your hands, but God doesn't want you to feel that way either. He continually gives us signs, billboards in front of our face telling us that we're going in the right or wrong direction. And we have to have the faith to focus our attention and acknowledge that connection to him and even after all of this you may have to jump before you're ready because the reality is you may never be fully ready trying to minimize the risk may end up giving up the reward and the truth is that God does not lead us toward a path of destruction and his timing may not line up with yours but you have to trust him Psalm 53, 56 3 states when I'm afraid I put my trust in you In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. There is not faith where there is no trust. There's constantly fear trying to take over, the devil whispering in your ear. But fear and faith can never coexist. You will have doubts, yes, but even through the darkness, faith brings you back to the light. But only if you first release that grip of fear. And while standing in a plane thousands of feet above the air may sound daunting, the truth is life's scary too but the truth of the matter is that you aren't alone and you never will be. God's your your guide and he's there to pull that parachute at the perfect time. It's our job to open our eyes and look at the blessings in our life, the steps he's already taken to put us on the right path and to know that our faith will carry us places we never thought possible. See, we're not made to live in fear because God wanted us to live with him. So all I ask is that you have the courage and the faith to take even the smallest jump at whatever is pulling on your heart, to open your mind and your soul to God and allow him to take you wherever you need to go. Because fear will let you fall, but through faith you're made to fly. Thank you.